1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, August 30, 22. I am Dan. This is the Bucknuts morning five and change and look who it is. The Fong is back. Steve Walt Fong, director of recruiting for 24-7 sport, back-to-back visits. Given the gravity of this weekend's recruiting information and knowledge we need to know, had to bring in the best. Steve,
2: how are you? Good morning, Daniel. That point spread go up in the Notre Dame Ohio State game from 14 to 18? Did I hear that?
1: Last I saw was 17 and a half. So if it went to 18, it probably depends on what book you got.
2: But at one point it was just 14 and a half, right?
1: The lowest I saw was 15 and a half. I guess that might be another book uh, situation, but yeah, you've gone from basically two touchdowns to two touch almost three touchdowns if you go with the uh, the 18.
2: Notre Dame, Dame, they had some wins in the Brian Kelly era over top 10 opponents, but never an opponent that was at full strength that people thought could win the national championship. And so going back to 1993, Notre Dame really hasn't won a game like this. So people just you know, revisionist history or whatever, just expecting that to happen again. And I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying like... It's a pretty big spread. The average joker, not even Ohio State and Notre Dame fans, are probably just, on oh, Notre Dame's going to get their ass beat Saturday night. And, you know, so that's why that spread is moving.
1: Yeah, Ohio State's also, and not to be too uh, tangential here, Ohio State is what you call a national... Actually, Notre Dame is too, for that matter. They're both national teams. So they get a little more juice in Vegas when they're good or bad. But this one, I guess those two would cancel out because they're favorites of the of the people.
2: The thing with Notre Dame is that they are a team that's really been around five to ten. And I know they've made two college football playoffs that a lot of players drafted. I mean, they're not fraudulent by any stretch. They've also had a lot of opportunities to play teams that have been one through four and yeah. hasn't gone well in really any of those contests. So Again, that's I think that the betting line is kind of predicated on all of that. You know, um, we'll see what happens in this ball game here. You know, as Notre Dame brings veteran offensive and defensive line into the shoe, but huge question marks at quarterback. Um, still, I think they have a, some talented receivers, but nobody proven difference maker. Um, and then I think that in the secondary, you know, Brandon Joseph had a hell of a career at Northwestern. But I don't know if they have like an elite cover guy, so that's just not something that Mac, you know, that doesn't stack up well against Ohio State. But on the flip side, I think Ohio State's offensive line is incredibly talented. But maybe week one, you know, Notre Dame and their veteran front, you know, can make some things happen for the Irish and, uh, you know, make have some splash plays that that make things happen. And maybe Notre Dame can run the ball, particularly on the perimeter. You know, they got speed and the, they got a really healthy running back room, in my opinion. But again, huge, huge question mark at quarterback. Obviously, tight ends elite. Um, got some talented receivers. Lorenzo Styles leads that room. Y'all know him well in, in these circles. And, 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 and then, I mean, I think Notre Dame's defensive line and linebackers are extremely smart, extremely veteran. And I, I think we talked about this last week a lot's been made about Ohio state going out and, and hiring coach Knowles to change around an Ohio state defense that struggled. Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman moving to the corner office, they hired Al golden and talking to people around South bend. They think that was an elite hire, a guy that's going to scheme Notre Dame extremely well, but also be someone that has so much experience that he's going to be really good at making uh, in-game, in-game changes to, 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 to whatever's being thrown at him. So I don't, I'm pretty excited for Saturday night's game, you know, that in Florida, Utah, Uh, be good primetime TV.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like the inverse of last year. First of all, you know, with you said about uh, uh, Ohio State's offense and defense, everybody wants to see the defense. I mean, I can tell you right now just based on the content we put out, you put in Noel's name in the headline, everybody wants to hear about it just because he is, for lack of a better term, he's kind of being viewed as the Messiah here to kind of get things fixed around. They're expecting a halfly like rebound immediately, but the way you talk about the the line, uh, defensive line for Notre Dame, kind of reminds me last year of the first game when we played Minnesota when Ohio State played Minnesota. And Minnesota, not a, a great outfit by any stretch, but they had a very veteran offensive line, um, and the running back kid from Good Counsel, what's his name, Mo Ibrahim.
2: Yep. Ran oh, yeah. Ran wild
1: on them. And that was partially because I think they had everyone on the line was about 23 years old. And when we had you on last week and you talked about how everybody on Notre Dame's defensive line is a grown man. I do think that really does help for the first game of the season, like.
2: To the shoe, you know what I mean? You've been there and you've done that. And I mean, Notre Dame, they have a top 10 pick perhaps on their edge, Isaiah Foskey, you know, he's going to be a handful. And, And again, if Ohio state beats Notre Dame down that, I mean, Notre Dame is damn good. There's just the way college football has kind of evolved. You have two or three teams that are just way better than everybody else. That doesn't mean they can't trip and fall at some point during the season, but normally they're up for their big games, you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, again, like to Notre Dame, the NFL draft, the wins that they've had says that they are a program that is a top ten football program. They're trying to get to the next level. Is Tyler Buckner the guy that can take them there? That is the, that is the big question. Um, but I think that they are optimistic about him around South Bend as well. And this is a hell of a test for him uh, against Ohio State because last year our our sample size of Tyler Buckner was nothing but run plays early on to keep notre dame ahead of the sticks ahead of the on 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 task with their offense and their play calling he would come in and run that was it they would never throw then against virginia tech he lights the hookies up in the first half but just plays below average in the second half that's kind of our sample size of him um and then i have an opinion from high school but none of that stuff matters anymore he's in his third year at, or he's in his second year at Notre Dame now. I don't know. The year's running again. I think he's in his second year now. And uh, um, so last year was his true freshman year. He's in his second year and uh, um, you know, he's got a heck of a test at night in Columbus, but he's got a veteran offensive line in front of him and a really good running back room and maybe the best tight end in the country. So he's got some pieces around him. And again, I think that Notre Dame has some athletic talented receivers And uh, that's what college football is about, people breaking out, and maybe they'll have a guy break out at wide out uh, um, in in that ball game as well. It's a big stage for Notre Dame. It's obviously also a big stage for Ohio State, for them to showcase their new coordinator and their uh, uh, souped-up offense of just uh, uh, unbelievable playmakers, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams and and, uh, um, uh, the other running back from North Carolina. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, the
1: The injured Evan Pryor.
2: Yeah, so that prior's out, and then you got, um, um, obviously, Jackson Smith and the and Fleming and Marvin Harrison and, and uh, you know, Brian Day, Kevin Wilson working on your offense. That's a pretty scary duo right there.
1: It is a lot to ask of a freshman quarterback, and let's say his first real start and real playing time, where they're going to ask him to be a real quarterback, to come into the shoe on a Saturday night to open the season against the, you know, first or second pick in the draft back. If you look at the guys who have had success, Ohio state, the two games or the three games that jump out in my mind recently are the loss to Oregon, the loss to Oklahoma, and the loss to Virginia tech back in the day, all three of those quarterbacks were probably 21, 22 years old. Even the kid from, Virginia Tech whose name escapes me was had a full beard and was like a grown man. Um Baker Mayfield, no matter what he's done in was a tremendous college quarterback. And then Anthony Brown had the game of his life last year. But he's also you know an older kid. So the, to ask a to ask a young guy like Buck to come in and do that, that to me is a is is a mountain too high to climb. But
2: I'm sure. What you, you made you made a
1: great you made a great point in that. Notre Dame has really good offensive players. If the defense isn't fixed, they've got what it takes to exploit them.
2: The uh, with Buckner, he did play. He did start a game at Virginia Tech at night, so he he has a taste of that environment. Now I don't. I mean I don't know how much more the decibel level is going to be at the shoe compared to Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech has great fan tradition for night games. Oh no, it does. So. And it rumbles in there when you come out of the tunnel and enter Sandman and stuff. And so I don't think that Buckner is going – I'm not worried about the environment for him as much as I'm just worried about the experience of, like, you know, the game slowing down for you because you've had all those reps in between the chalk. I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to be intimidated by the shoe itself.
1: Well, we'll know early on, you know – I mean, I guess you got to give the defense a few drives to get their feet wet, but if they're just up and running it down Ohio state's throat, which was the, the issue against Michigan or, you know, the, the, the left side run they had against them that happened over and over, you'll know early on whether or not uh, they've got a chance to compete with that. I real right, we'll quick break here. And then we are going to break down what is an unbelievable red carpet list for Ohio state this weekend.
0: eBay motors is here for the ride.
1: All right, we are back. There's a ton of comments on here, and we're going to answer some questions. But first, let's talk about the recruiting list of guys coming in. I said this, and it's going to be the title of the show. This might be the most impressive overall list of official and unofficial visits, commits, and prospects they've ever had at a game. Before we go into detail here, though, I need you to assuage some people's fears here. Because the visit Ohio State had uh, over the summer with a ton of defensive guys there, there's this uh, rumbling narrative that they had too many guys on campus and they got spread too thin and weren't able to give the proper time to all of the recruits, and that in turn damaged their ability to get commitments from these guys. So I'm not sure what that is, but when you see this, it's bigger and even better than that time. So it caused some angst about, oh, are we going to have time to hang out? Now, Bill did a good job of clarifying this, but if you could do this as well, there's a bigger difference, there's a much bigger difference for visiting during this in the summer, visiting for a game, is there not?
2: Well, I think for a night game of two top five opponents, uh, you want as many recruits as you can have on campus for, for that one to soak in that scene and be there together. I think that, recruits building a report with each other on a particular college campus is a big deal. And so you're going to have a lot of Ohio State commits there that are kind of going to be your uh, de facto recruiters in the student student section or wherever they're sitting. Um, And and then guys are going to get time with Ohio State coaches before the game. They're going to get to be in the locker room after the game, after what you hope is a big win. Uh, you're going to get a little bit of time to chat with Ryan Day or Larry Johnson or, or or Kevin Wilson or Brian Hartline or whoever your main recruiter is. And Ohio State, their their staff just does a great job of building meaningful relationships with kids before they come to campus. I know that the Buckeyes didn't strike gold on one recruiting weekend for the first time in a friggin' decade. So we're going to reinvent the wheel now on on Ohio State recruiting. That's a top 10 class annually that – uh, uh has future nfl draft picks all the time I mean, it just didn't go your way once i mean good gosh you know it's yeah, we're not like, we're not used to that dude yeah like my 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 7 year old baseball team had an unbelievable summer they lost a few games and there were tears in the dugout during games of all those losses i mean it's like come on like there you know, so how dare Ohio State not get some commitments during a recruiting weekend? You know, and you guys aren't the only fan base. You got Georgia fans. I mean, they lost out on a receiver last week. You would have thought that that they just, that you would have thought Kirby Smart forgot how to recruit. Or, you know, every spring, I swear to God, when Alabama has like three, four recruits, you got message board posters wondering if the fastball is gone there. You know, I mean, it just wasn't a good weekend for Ohio State. But who knows? It's a long way till December. And a long way till February before people put pen to paper. Um, but I look at Ohio state's class and it's still one of the best in America. They're in the thick of it for some elite guys. Some of those guys are coming to campus this weekend, uh, two five-star edge rushers, Keon Keeley and Damon Wilson and uh, Ohio. State. Those are they're official all, visits. They're official visits. And, and so they're going to get quality time. They're going to walk into their hotel room and it's going to be decorated with all kinds of sweets and, uh, good food to eat, good good food that just makes you feel good. Then you're going to go out and get your surf and turf. You're going to get to meet with the coaches. You're going to uh, stay overnight with players. Uh, um, and if Notre Dame wins that, or excuse me, if Ohio State beats Notre Dame, and uh, uh, it's going to be a fun night out with with the guys, you know. Or, or, and so um, I, I think the more the merrier, uh, uh, particularly with the younger guys, the 2024s and 2025s. Just let them come in. See the place, rub some elbows with them a little bit in person. You know, get get a chance to talk to um, those elite guys from Georgia uh, that are going to be on campus and 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 and, and get some face to face time in person because you, you you've been building such a great rapport with with those guys uh, over the you know FaceTime or or phone calls and stuff, but getting KJ Bolden and guys like that back in your in your building is big.
1: It's so. Has a, like a, They have a ton of commitments coming. I mean, you could almost see him, a bunch of dudes are coming. But it really does have kind of a defensive vibe. If you look, there's guys coming in that running for the all-time name team. Sammy Brown, who is – I can't get – I mean, guys who run the – I told you, I have an obsession with people who run the four hundred. But a linebacker that runs the 400 and has a mullet. I mean, come and on. state
2: champion. Wrestling.
1: Bryce West, even our Glenville will be here. Peyton Woodyard. I mean, it's incredible, the group here. Even the 2025 kid, we got a commitment from his name. Gilbert will be here. You're also going to have the Pied Piper himself here, Dylan Rayola and Ryan Montgomery. So it is an awesome group of people. We are now going to take some questions. Let's see. Duh, 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 duh. Buckeye should grind pound under even when that.
0: All
1: right. Good Lord. The phone, not the Fonz. I, mean, I, I, Trust I me. think.
2: I think. Uh... I, I picture it more like Ohio State hitting home run plays in that game, whether that's and Henderson getting loose or those receivers getting over the top. If you're ground, if, if that game's a grind, Notre Dame's in the game.
1: Agreed. Okay, here we go. Of the big three defensive this is Phillip Scarberry. Of the big three defensive ends coming in this weekend, which one do you feel we have the best shot at getting? So, yeah, so Keeley – I guess everybody assumes he deep commitment from Dame, assumes he's going to Alabama. I'm going to say this, though. This is going to be the first game these guys have all been to, obviously because it's a season opener, but it's also the first one since, I'm not going to say the pandemic's officially over, but they're going to get the full experience. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no masks. There's no uh, encumbrance. So I do think it's going to make a tremendous impression. Keely, is he even considering Ohio State? You think, or is this guy just getting a chance to tour the Midwest here?
2: No, he absolutely is considering Ohio State. He's been talking to him for a long time. It was a school that back when he was committed to Notre Dame was always uh, in the mix to be a visit to to get a visit. The crystal balls on Bama. He's visited Bama twice. He's he's seen what they have to offer a couple times. Um, but you know he's connected with guys like Luke Montgomery in Ohio State's recruiting class and. Fits in. Keon Keeley fits in anywhere. By the way, Um, he's he's a very impressive young man, not just an impressive pass rusher. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what this official does and how it moves the needle for his recruitment moving forward. And you know, people talk about his family really liking Ohio State as well. So I know he's getting his mom up to Columbus this weekend, and that's a big visit for her. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like coming out. I mean, recruiting ebbs and flows. People are like. Oh, you should only be allowed to put in one crystal ball like it's a game. The crystal ball is not a game. It's just for you the users to come to the site and have a sense of where the, that particular person thinks the young man's going to go that day. And sometimes that information changes or that intel changes. Sometimes the picks just wrong, you know. But to act like it's like a a crime to change the pick. The pick the picks are there for you to have a feel of where you think where that person thinks the young man's going and coming into the visit. I like Alabama. If coming out of the visit, I like Ohio state. I put my pick there.
1: Right. I mean, kids change their mind too. I mean, I once covered, I'm not going to tell you his name, but uh, I was very close to one basketball recruit once who had really, really good offers and was walking, uh, went to the podium to do his announcement He had always wanted to go to North Carolina. I remember saying they had not offered. And I said, if you're walking up to the podium and North Carolina offers, where are you going? And he said, North Carolina. So things are fluid, man. And and you're so right about that. Um, Okay. Chris Glover asks, who was the werewolf of all werewolves for the 2024 class on defense? Now that's a term I use for just, here's the, the ultimate werewolf would be Micah Parsons. Just a guy who's kind of just a just a force of nature out there on defense. You could make an argument for Sonny Styles um, in the last class for us. Just in kind of just bigger, stronger, faster than you, guy. Who's someone we should get? Either they have on board or, or isn't on board that they want in twenty twenty four, or just anyone.
2: Well, I'm still learning about these twenty fours. Um, some guys that. You know, I mean, I think when you look at a guy like Sammy Brown, who you raised yes. a little bit earlier, he's also a state wrestling champ. That's, he's, got, he's got this look of like, he looks like he's in from 1989. Like with he does. By the
1: way, nine year to graduate high school.
2: He, I mean, he's just a hard-nosed, so uber-athletic, tough, super. Have you seen him lift, Dan? Have you seen any of the videos of him? I have. I mean, he is really just, I mean, his his ability to bend, his flexibility, his explosion, his power. Um, uh, he is just a unique human. He works incredibly hard, obviously, but he is gifted too. Now, I mean, he, I was trying
1: to think of a comparison for him. I'm almost going to go Brian Erlacher.
2: So, Brian Erlacher was a safety that moved I know it at Me- Mexico.
1: Yep, But Sammy's got that speed and kind of that like agility for a guy. That's I mean, you're talking about a wrestler, which is anyone who knows any wrestlers with cauliflower ear is torture. Then he runs the 400 and he's a state champ. The running the 400 is one of the hardest things in sports. I'm not kidding. And then to be just a, a werewolf linebacker and have a blonde mullet. He,
2: the, the thing that, the thing about Micah Parsons that, um, I haven't seen since his class, and I don't recall before. He is the most violent high school football player I've ever saw. And just his ability to close and still hit hard. Micah Parsons didn't need much of a buildup to knock the shit out of you.
1: No, it's still the truth. No one accelerates. If you want to watch what separates Micah Parsons from the rest of the group, when he redirects in the pocket to chase down the quarterback, he is there so quickly that the quarterback is actually caught off guard because he's used to be chased by all these other guys. It kind of, this is going to sound like a bizarre comparison, but if you see people go to block Giannis's shot, their arm will fully extend. And then his arm is just three or four inches longer and they're not used to it. And he lays it in that's Parsons. He's just a different breed of cat. I don't think Sammy Brown is that guy. I don't. I mean, well, Parsons. You can make an argument right now; is the best defensive player on the earth, literally. Him or Aaron Donald, right?
2: Par- Parsons is one of the best high school football players I've ever seen. And the thing that's even interesting about him is, is that he actually. We talked about Urlacher going from safety to linebacker. Uh, uh, Parsons was a defensive end in high school because it's like no one can block him. Like, why are we moving him away from the ball? We're just going to get him closer to the quarterback, and then try and you try and elude him from there. So he played defensive end, but he had elite testing. And I remember like writing a story about how it would work out at Penn State at linebacker because he was an elite athlete and it obviously did. And I know you guys used to joke around with me a little bit about my affinity for Penn State, but like that COVID team that Penn State was gonna run out there with Parsons and and, and that team was gonna be really damn good. And they obviously they didn't have Parsons. And I feel like there were some other guys that didn't play that year for them as well. Um, that, that sat out the season and and, and just prepared for the draft. But the, that, you know, those have obviously been the teams that have given Ohio state hell because they weren't scared of them, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of like the D'Antonio Michigan state teams that had so much success for five years. Hard-nosed. They just were tough. They had NFL guys, but more than anything, like they just were not scared to play Ohio State. They wanted to, you know, they, and so they were warned. prove
1: themselves, no doubt. No, no, no. Those 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 Penn State games, um, it's just very stressful. But uh, they turned up beautifully for the most part. All right, let's talk about one guy here, and then I'll let you go. Um, I watched. Mateo Ungale play over the weekend. Now I believe the St. John Bosco versus Allen, Texas. Is that correct?
2: Oh yeah. They hammered them.
1: Yeah. This was to say it was a star studded affair. I mean, you're talking about a big time California private school in Allen, Texas, which probably has 9,000 kids at the high school. This field, when you watch the game was so with division one prospects. Um, it was incredible. Even among all those dudes, Mateo Uyungle looks different. He moves different. He has he has a wingspan like a pterodactyl. Okay, like his he's that guy. You know when the looks looks like their biceps coming out from under the shoulder pads. So you think they're wearing small pads and they're not. He made plays at tight end. He 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 was not. You cannot block him. The first guy blocking him does not block him. Okay. They redirect the pocket. They move the pocket constantly. So I was hoping to be impressed and I was borderline overwhelmed. Please tell us where we stand with him. He is not on the visit list for this weekend. Obviously he's a Californian, but um, your thoughts on the Mateo Uyungle recruitment. And am I getting, are my eyes too big for my stomach that well, good?
2: No. I mean, we obviously, we obviously love him. You know, he's, he's a young man that, that we rank as the top 10 player in the country, uh, regardless of position, but he's six foot five, over 260 pounds. And if you go back last year you see him making one handed catches on fly routes from the tight end position, he's just a natural football player in addition to his physical gifts. I mean, he's powerful. He's, physical he's ferocious and uh he's got a motor and uh um you know he's just one of the best high school football players in the country let alone a great prospect you know sometimes you look at a prospect and you're like that young man's got a lot of upside i mean with with mateo i mean he's just the force i mean he's a force in addition to having a, a, a huge ceiling on the next level
1: Okay. There's some word here that he is coming this weekend. We'll get that confirmed for you. Bill obviously has that somewhere. I should have that, but, um, this is, I just was overwhelmed by watching him on tape. I tend to get, uh, I'm a little critical of dudes, but, um, so, so impressive. All right. We've reached that. Uh, look, if big Dave said it, it's the truth. So, uh, We hope both are here and we hope both get plenty of attention. Um, my guess is if big Dave and son get here, that there'll be plenty for them to chow on in the, um, hotel room. Where will you be watching the game? What is your pick?
2: I'll be watching the game, uh, at my house, ready to bring recruiting updates with the Dean afterwards. Um, so that's uh, 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 just low-key. I don't get to have fun like y'all during the games, you know. Uh, um, I mean, a night game, uh, Ohio State fans, some of y'all have a case of beer in you by the time that thing kicks off, I would imagine, especially if it's hot. How I feel like it's like an Indy 500 type day for me. Yeah, when, the
1: over-under for beer consumption, average fan. Let's go with 11.5. I mean, like Indy, the 500, over.
2: Indy 500, that first beer cracks at like 545 in the morning. Yeah, yeah,
1: I don't think you're going to get that for this game, just because. Well, you, that no, you don't need because the race
2: starts at noon. Or right. Or well, if you get a noon kickoff,
1: it's kegs guys, and eggs.
2: You guys are getting more time to, you know, and it. I, I don't know if it's going to be like 90 degrees or whatever. It could be muggy. You know, I don't I don't know what it's going to be. But, I can check um, that right now. Actually, go ahead. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously, I like Ohio State but I feel like I've picked Ohio State. I pick Ohio State every week. Uh, I got picked y'all. So you got, but um, I'm not undefeated in picking Ohio State. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But, you know, I think, I think the Buckeyes have more big play guys on offense. And so with that, I think that'll be the difference in the game.
1: Sunny and 87 for the daytime. So watch your consumption, people, maybe hydrate, mix in a every few uh, adult beds because it's going to be a long, long sludge. Now, here's what's really important. Go ahead.
2: I got a pro tip there that maybe a few of you all. I mean, the the one thing you want to do is before you leave, you want to take a little centrum and just put it in a little plastic bag and put that in your pocket. And as you're leaving the shoe or whatever, after the game's over, just pop that centrum in, get that multivitamin flowing right back into the body because you ripped out, as the day went on, you ripped out every good nutrient that you had in you and you just enjoyably on high street, or you just left it in the parking lot, or you left it in the shoe. You have no nutrients in you. Water's a given, but the multivitamin is what gets you back on your game for when your child does not care that you went to the Ohio State Notre Dame game and he wants you to get up and play with them the next day. That multivitamin is the the key. This show is brought to you by multivitamin the hangover cure before you even had the hangover
1: and guess what this is how this is going to work this is very important people right after the game ends and i mean the second it ends we begin with what we learned live hosted by dave biddle it will be the best post-game show you can get and it will be right afterwards so if you're leaving the stadium, if you're at home, if you're driving somewhere, if you're on the West Coast, the East Coast, if you're one of our many fans overseas, immediately after the game, what we learned live with Dave Biddle, there'll be a guest appearance from Bill Kerlick to let you know how the recruiting went. We'll get reports from the locker room, from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy. This is our post-game show, our very popular post-game series, a post-game feature, What We Learned, has turned into What We Learned Live. Maybe someday we'll even get Steve Wolfong on there this weekend. Hey, I'm I just hoping for a W. I'll
2: be around. I'll be around. Wife's out of town. Kids are with the in-laws. I'll be solo at the Wolfong house, too.
1: You never know who will show up on What We Learned Live. Mark that on your calendars, people. It will be every week. Every week, right after the game. And I mean right after the game. Final buzzer boom you're on so we appreciate steve stopping by gonna be a this weekend people please be careful hydrate take care of yourself no malfeasance in the parking lot all that good stuff have a good one buck take
2: care y'all see you on the front row